morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you're watching this. My name is Andreas. Welcome to Grace Healing. And again, Larry is with me today. Hey, Larry. Wonderful. Good morning and good, good evening morning. and good day. Good Whatever, whatever time it is. Yeah. Welcome, everyone. Last week, we talked about the role of intercessors and how we all are intercessors in revealing blessings in our lives and other people's lives. Today, we want to talk a little bit more about the nature of blessing. And the second thing we want to talk about is the book of blessings that we have with Grace Healing. And, and Larry will explain what that is uh, all about. But first, I'd like to, I was digging a little bit in scripture, seeing what does blessing mean? Uh, and I came across the sermon, um, it's called the Sermon on the Plain that Yahshua had. Um, and he said, he looked up at his disciples and said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. And blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. And then, you know, as I'm reading about this more, I found a statement that said, to be blessed means that you're favored by God. Now, I have in my heart a little bit a different sense of what blessing means. Larry, what does blessings mean in your heart? Well, I want to back up for a moment to something that you said, that as intercessors, we're there to, to convey and extend blessing. Um, there's also an important reality that as people are seeking to be blessed or people are encountering situations in life that they're measuring that are not so blessed, the role of an intercessor is not just one to convey blessing. The role of as an intercessor is also to sustain within blessing when others aren't experiencing it. So that even as the person is hopeful for change, but the change hasn't emerged or showed upon the earth, the intercessor is also supposed to stay in the awareness of divine God, the holy and blessed nature of those individuals, even if they can't see it or affect it in their lives, if that makes sense. So it's not just about constantly running around so excited that the day is perfect in every aspect. And we as intercessors only see blessing for people, but we do sustain in the vibrational awareness of that individual blessed at the highest level, even if they're not evidencing it now. So intercessory is not just conveying the prayer of blessing, but it's sustaining in that state of intercessory oversight, holding the awareness of that person blessed at the state that they're not presently experiencing. So then we go, what is, what is blessing? And I think you picked a word prior to this, blessings and woe. One thing to be careful of is like the Sermon on the Mount that you just read or the Sermon on the Plain as you named it. The, the words that Yeshua actually used were much deeper than that. And there was a time and change and alliteration where they altered things. But the reality is, Yeshua said to receive all things in blessing. So what does the connotation blessing mean? 
in my understanding, blessing is to first turn unto God and seek the measure of how God's looking upon a situation from with perfection into the order of what we're experiencing. So there's a lot of stuff that happens in this world that ain't so great. There's a lot of stuff that happens that's absolutely quite miserable. What did Yeshua say? I mean, why did Yeshua say to receive all, capital A, capital L, capital L, if you want to do that, all things in blessing? Because receiving all things in blessing positions us to understand the nature of the divine outcome, not what we're witnessing upon the earth. And we are going to be surprised by the nature of how blessed something was when we thought it was corrupted or broken. So we have to let go of this concept that the blessing is, oh, I just received $5 in my hand for something, you know, or I just received $5,000 in my hand, or I, oh my God, I just won megabucks. That's not blessing. Blessing is the nature of what transpires within us. Blessing is the nature is how we look upon things. Are we governed by the winds of the earth? Are we governed by the nature of things we are encountering? Are we governed by the nature of the experiences that unfold for us? Or are we governed by God's presence to find peace and the ability to look on things through wisdom and discernment? That's the blessing. So that if somebody in our lives, as you know, I lost my elder son, th there was an immediate desire within me to find the blessing to search God and find that moment of blessing. And some people, I, I even had people in the church attacking me, thinking that I was off my nut. I want to follow Yeshua's mindset. I want to follow every single thing that he uttered. And when he said to receive all, the word he chose in Aramaic means all-inclusive. Everything. The only way that we can receive all things in blessing is to choose godly perspective, not earthly perspective. Because then we know there's an eventual outcome that even if something looks broken, damaged, or disrupted, God knows the blessed outcome for whatever it is. So that puts it right in perspective because in the opposite position of the blessed are you in scripture is the yeah. but woe to you. And that's just going to pick two because I think it ties in with what you just said. Yes. He said, woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Or woe to you, you laugh now, who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. To me, that kind of sounds like it's a reminder. Yes, you may have a lot of money. You may be full and satisfied yep. now, but be prepared that this is not the end all, right? This exactly. is not, th there's blessings in other situations too. And even at this point, when you're suggesting that reading, I would suggest to people that they would go to a book called The Language of the Cosmos and honestly look into the depth of what the original translation was in the Aramaic words of the Sermon on the Mount um, or the Sermon on the Plains, as you named it. Um, because the, the Aramaic descriptive, remembering that I, I believe that there's no mistake in God. God does not make mistake. We misinterpret the measurable results of our day. We misinterpret the experiences that we encounter. And I, I sit there and I look at, like I'll pick that example of losing my elder son. I look at what God did through that and in healing many children 
that he served and and in the teen youth groups that he worked with how they actually said that he came to them in their dream and took from them suffering. It took from them physical pain. He took from, I think it was 27 different children, took from them the spirit of suicide and they couldn't function in it anymore. So how does God translate things of a blessing, I mean, things of a cursed nature into blessing? God does that. But we must receive all things in blessing in order to be in a place to resonate, understand, and comprehend the nature of what is it to become, I'm not dwelling upon that. I dwell upon God, and God manifests a result, but I'm poised in the nature of God's presence, and I can witness it unfold. Otherwise, I become overwhelmed with all the stuff that unfolds around me. So as intercessors at Grace Healing, we have the Book of Blessing. Yes, What's in the Book of Blessing? What, what goes in there? Well, again, as... We understand, and this may not be the same way that all like Christian groups or other forms of belief, they may not see it the same way, but what we see within grace healing as an intercessor is a person that has been established by God as like an intermediary. See, God is the blessed result. At times, people find themselves separated from the awareness and connection of that which is God. They find themselves deceived by the fact that there is any separation between the two. You'll hear it within Christian religious talking or um, other faiths, how they talk about God way up in the distance. Oh, God in the heavens, God up above, God. And they talk about this separation mindset. So what it is, is that as an interceder or intercessor, you intercede and you are a person between the presence of God, and the gap that is formed by that person's distance, perceived distance from God. So perceived distance becomes dis-ease within people's bodies. Perceived distance becomes deep grief in the form of cancer in the lungs. The lack of returned love, the fear of um, disassociation or um, abandonment forms heart issues, unreturned love. So we as intercessors, we have somebody that calls up and says, oh my God, my brother just had a heart attack. Could you please pray for his healing? That's what the person wants on the other end of the phone. That's not our job as intercessor. Our job as intercessor is to surrender, to remember that we are one with God and God holds the answer. In the surrender of prayer, the prayer manifests through our mouth as like Deb and I pray together or you and I pray together or Ina Marie pray, prays with us or whatever, whoever it happens to be, my sister Pamela, anybody that happens to be in that intercessory role. And in that moment, there is a prayer blessing that Yahweh, we thank you that our sister Mary's brother John is freed from the spirit of unreturned love recognized in the fullness of your love within the presence of his being and fully restored according to your design and your will. May he be strengthened of heart, renewed of fortitude, purified throughout and sanctified throughout the wholeness of his body in all endocrine systems, supporting and completing that which is your holy temple. So instead of saying, oh God, help my brother out of his heart attack. We go, thank you, God, that you've established this blessed result. And what we do is we record in the Book of Blessings the blessed result. That's what we record. Not the need, but the 
godly result that we feel we've been called to speak to. Then each day, that book in the morning meditation is raised up and we commit in fullness of agreement throughout the body of grace healing that we are in agreement that these prayers are complete and fully accomplished within God and will manifest for those we have been blessed to serve. So now we come to the point of blessing again. There's been many people that I've experienced where they've asked me to like do a recording or whatever. And then we send this recording to somebody in a hospital and the family members start playing the recording over and over to them on a headphone. Back in the days when we used to have CDs where they put it on a headphone. Now they get the little you know, chip and they're playing it on their phone or whatever. And what happens is people have been awakening from comas. There's been people that have awakened from deeper problems than that. Um, and I won't go into those details, but it is about sustaining in the nature of blessing. The family's playing those over and all of a sudden somebody flutters their eyes open up and they look around and they remember from within the coma that they remember these prayers. And it's like, wow, what was that? It wasn't my prayer. It wasn't Deb's prayer. It was surrendering unto God that the very nature of God's prayer would emerge so that God's glory would be known. So that people can remember God's glory is me in full life. Separation, me living a half life. I'm this human form. I'm walking around sickness and disease. I'm, I'm missing the point of life. I don't understand why I'm here. I'm not happy with anything each day. I can't receive everything in blessing. What are you, nuts? That's that half measure of life. You're not living the fullness of life. So even in the midst of suffrage, I know people that are living in war situations. So how do they receive that in blessing? They move through the midst of this ground, knowing themselves connected as one within God, blessed in the holy experience to see all things evidenced before them, blessing and thanksgiving that all things will come to light, blessing and thanksgiving that each person will be increased in the compassion of God's presence within, and they will find themselves freed from the desire through spirit of war. They will find themselves freed from the desire to compel force upon another or take another life. And we pray that living prayer as intercessors. The question would be also how much uh, the faith, how much is faith involved by the recipient or by the person that you pray over? You know, what I'm thinking about is you may have a person that's in deep grief, that is depressed, that just cannot, cannot fathom what's going on. I also watched a uh, documentary about Lourdes, you know, in France with the waters where people full of faith go there and stand up out of their wheelchair. Yes. Without... And it's a miracle. And I remember you and I had a conversation once about that miracles used to be a normal thing. Right yes. So yep. what does the faith of the person that is prayed over play a role in this whole process of healing? Well, that, that's, that's fascinating because um, I've had to face the reality that as I've prayed over people that are fully cognizant and fully present, they show a greater challenge in receiving the prayer because they're too busy thinking. And this is what I didn't share earlier. I was blessed to pray over a woman who was dead and she just came back. There was no fight in her. There was no resistance of the mind. There was no argumentative nature within their mind. All right, well, what is this guy? Is this truly a Christian? Is he really praying over me in truth? Is he praying before Jesus first or is he really coming to me and not? They're, they've got all this mind chatter stopping the flow of the nature of God's presence within them. 
this woman dead, boom, she's alive, freaking her family out. Then there's another individual. I was praying over an individual that was dying of an overdose. And we were into 48 hours after the whole overdose process started, kidneys failing, liver failing, everything done, and he was just done. Internally, mentally, he was done. Within 12 to 14 minutes, the prayer was done, he was fully alive, functioning without limitation because he had nothing left to fight or argue about. He was just, I'm done. Then I've prayed over animals. They instantly receive. There is no thought separating them from receiving the prayer. Animals that have been bitten by rattlesnakes three, four, five times in one injection, dumping all its venom into the animal and then praying over the animal, the animal heals. Praying over dogs that were suffering from intake of like a massive amount of chocolate in a little tiny dog should be dead. Boom, received the prayer. And then the body expressed all the toxins from it because you're not thinking it. So now let's go back to the person in faith. One thing that many people don't understand is people keep forming a prayer. Oh God, give me more faith. You can't. You have been given the gift of faith, period. God didn't say, here's the gift of faith. I'll be back next year with the batteries. God gave us each and every one the gift of faith. Our role within that is how we engage through trust. If we're going to put thought and intellect and limitations of our own construct between us and God, we have no engagement of faith because we're not trusting in God being above our thoughts. God being more powerful than the things we've been conveyed to by the medical system. God is greater than anything upon this earth or anything throughout creation. So to me, when I fell and broke my ribs, I sought God until all of a sudden they spontaneously healed. When I tore my rotator cuff out, I didn't listen to the doctor said, oh, well, you only got seven degree movement. You're not going to get any of that back unless you go to surgery. I chose God and I followed God and ignored what the doctor said. And in prayer, found it fully restored, full mobility, full movement. I have had zero surgery. So in my heart, the blessing is about seeking God without resistance, without construct, without limitation. So when you talk about whether a person receives a blessing through faith or not, the reality is most people aren't. They're receiving it through thought and intellect. Then they aren't realizing the fullness of blessing. They aren't realizing the fullness of a blessed result. We also have to look at the totality of that picture as well and understand that there may be a divine plan to that person receiving a portion of blessing and then eventually a greater portion of blessing and then eventually a greater portion of blessing so that they sustain the nature instead of just receiving it and squandering it. An incredible example that I experienced was with a young man who was deaf. There was a teen youth group together and the teen youth group thought they were supposed to pray over this individual because they were gonna bring him healing. They were gonna bring him healing. They didn't understand that God is the healer. They were gonna do it themselves. So this whole youth group gathered around and the priest came forward and they laid hands on this beautiful individual, young man who was deaf. 
And as they're praying, all of a sudden he lit up and the wave of God's presence came through the whole room. And it was powerful. It had people crying. It had people like dripping sweat and gentle trembling going on within them, which I see all of that as a form of resistance, but I, I won't go into that now. Um, and this blessing descended upon him and, and everybody's like all of a sudden jumping around, celebrating, celebrating and jumping around and ecstatic that he's been healed. And the deaf boy is up jumping and laughing and he's like going on and like he's ecstatic and celebrating. But then all of a sudden there was kind of like this calming effect that started to descend over the group. And then they realized as they were talking to him that he wasn't hearing them. He was not hearing them, but he was jumping up and down ecstatic and celebrating. And one of the kids grabs him by the shoulder and spins him around and says, are you deaf? He says, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I can't hear, but I, it doesn't control me anymore. So his measure of healing in blessing was to receive freedom that deafness could not control him anymore. Now, what I could see on a spiritual level is the fullness of his healing was fully present and available for him in that moment. However, the will of the divine, since he found himself not imprisoned by being deaf, was to allow for that to unfold, to shake the ground of all the people that thought they brought healing to this boy. So they go, oh my God, he was healed, but he still can't hear. Yes, I was healed. I'm not controlled by being deaf anymore, was what he was saying. And, they were, and, and it shook their realities to understand that healing takes many facets, many forms, many directives, many directions. And you can't come into the construct saying, I'm going to do this. We come into the construct, God, we seek you first, what it is your will. Yeshua even did it when Lazarus was dead. It's not my will, but if it is your will, raise your son that he might express your glory fully. So that's just the way I've seen it unfold. So again, back to that measure of faith. Each and every one of you that's listening has the exact same amount of faith as any person you've known through your life. You need to flex your muscles of trust in trusting God, and you will be empowered by that gift of faith to accomplish things you can't imagine. The faith is already in you, limitless in form. Your measure of trust of engaging in that will determine the measurable result upon the earth. Wonderful. What I got out of it is two key points that I get out of this discussion is letting go of control and finding a way or engaging in faith. Faith yep. is there, but I think we, we are controlled too much. We are controlling ourselves too much, our ego, etc. So that would be something that I would want to engage in and, and going forward now, engage in my faith and let go of that control or feeling yep. controlled, being controlled. Yep. And actually, if you wanted to look at it from a spiritual perspective or even a demonic perspective, the spirit of control is something that separates us from the nature and flow of what the divine is revealing. Because the divine Godhead, God, to me, I understand to be God, God to be omnipresent, omnipotent, understanding of all things, that which was, that which is, that which is to come. I don't see any limitation in God. Some faith practices do. But in my understanding of creator, source, God, Yahweh Elohim, 
absolute awareness of that which is to become. So I would rather surrender my construct, my limitation, my understanding to become that which is the completed thought. The only way to do that is shed self, die unto self, embrace fully that which is beyond understanding, that which does not hold any separation or limitation. Surrender into that which is given by grace, which is perfect and holy connection to godly awareness. Doesn't come through shame, doesn't come through guilt. Those are demonic as well, formed and cast upon people through the church as they desire to compel and control people through shame, guilt, and fear. We see that. We see that in alterations through scripture. It never said to fear the Lord your God, for God said within scripture, I have not given you a spirit of fear. But then later on, they're trying to tell you that you're supposed to fear your Lord your God. No, the original translation was to hold Yahweh Elohim in awe above all things of creation. Awe and fear are completely different. R is the respectful awareness, discerning awareness of surroundings, and then engaging in it with absolute confidence and forthright nature. Fear is, <gasps> what am I going to, and you're locked into a position to potentially possibly come out the other side unscathed. It's, it's different. So we have to take great care to engage in that which is God, not what we hold as construct, through surrender and dying unto self and thoughts we feel we know. Period. Well yes. said. Yes. I don't have anything to add. That's, that, <laughs> that's perfect. I just want to remind everybody else again to go to gracehealing.org, our website, and gracehealing.video, where we have a whole row of videos and instructions to listen to. And we will continue our conversation next week. Right, Larry? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And we send you blessings, everyone, and have a wonderful week. Yes. Take care and be blessed. Bye. Yeah.